Stranger Things Season 3, Chapter 1. Susie, do you copy? That and more coming up next on a Stranger Things podcast. So our season begins in Russia with scientists doing experiments with the upside down. So the scientists fail. Now we have a Darth Vader chokehold moment with one of the scientists. And also as an aside, that huge laser gun seemed like an instrument from Ghostbusters. Anyway, it seems like we had a, um, a character uh, that maybe, maybe portrayed uh, Darth Vader. He was definitely a, uh, a general. And um, he came through and he had one of his uh, minions uh, choke out one of our lead scientists after he has uh, failed probably uh, probably more than once. And, uh, you know, when I was looking back at the episode um, of, of the uh, character, the uh, main scientist, it seemed like he maybe he was doing these experiments over a period of time. And he, uh, he had like these huge sweat beads on his head pouring down. He looked like he was extremely nervous. And this was probably why, because he knew that this, if this, uh, experiment that they were doing to, uh, resolve whatever issue, whatever problem, uh, was coming, I guess it was to, uh, open the upside down. That's what I'm assuming this is at this point. He seemed like he was uh, really nervous and he's like, if this fails, I'm dead. And that seems like that's exactly what uh, happened. And, you know, we have a lot of things going on within this uh, episode. And it seems like there's a uh, time jump. Anyway, we cut to uh, Eleven and Mike kissing. Now, it's uh, one year year later. uh, And two cassettes are shown on a uh, dresser. And I just love this. Um, It has uh, Corey Hart and Brian, uh, Brian Adams. And both are Canadian artists, by the way. So they were kind of like, I guess they were, most people preferred uh, Brian Adams at the time. But actually, uh, Corey Hart went on to have a uh, bigger career. Anyway, that's uh, that's something off to the side. And I always like to throw in this little trivia as I'm going through the episode. So um, it was really fun to kind of like see that play out and have the music and then have them playing uh, together, Eleven and Mike, uh, um, kissing and playing together on um, on the bed, kind of like joking around. It was really lighthearted. I really liked seeing a lot of that in this episode. And a lot of that played uh, through the entire episode with some other characters as well, which we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so then we enter the mall. Now, the mall, is I think, is going to be the... Um, the uh, focal point and as far as I'm concerned it was a focal point of the 80s because I grew up in the 80s I'm, and I just turned 40 and I'm like starting to see my mortality now and I have a 14 year old which just to let you guys know she'll actually be on the podcast with me after episode 3 uh, from now on she'll you know and we'll kind of like get her uh, perspective on things like she didn't grow up in the 80s of course and I grew up in the 80s, so we're going to have my viewpoint and then have her viewpoint on how things, um, you know, because she, she's, she's really uh, into things like that, uh, really retro, uh, nostalgic things like that right now. So 
we're going to really uh, dive into that. I think you guys will enjoy kind of like the banter between both of us going uh, back and forth. I'm going to, you know, pull her into the episodes um, slowly but surely more and more and more until we build this huge, uh, 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 I guess, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, we'll get back to that in a little bit. I kind of like get off you know, track off topic here for a minute. Anyway, we're going to go back to the, um, the focal point of the eighties, which was the mall. And that was huge. And anyway, um, just the kids sneaking into the movies at the mall was a favorite pastime of mine. And this is something that absolutely always, always happened. I mean, they really captured the, uh, the essence and importance and the feel of the mall of the 1980s at that time. I mean, from the stores, from the uh, the the uh, accessories the kids were wearing, the uh, the Escalade, um, Escalade, the kids going up and down, and just just the whole feel of it, and just the lighting, just everything was perfect. I mean, it was like it took me back to being, you know, uh, ten years old going going through uh, the mall, or even younger. But you know, it, it was just something that I just really enjoyed watching, and it just really took me back. I mean, they got it perfectly from the gap to uh sam goodies i mean um, just um the old jc penny um just this all of it and you can kind of like see maybe who was who who the funding uh i guess who, who did the funding for the episode <laughs> but i really really enjoyed um well not sam goody of course they're not really around anymore but maybe J.C. Penny maybe trying to get into the act and trying to do a final bow before they go out. Because we, as we all know, Amazon is taking over everything at brick and mortar. It's pretty much almost a thing of the past right now. But anyway, I really enjoyed that whole uh, particular um, that whole scene. I really just love the way that whole uh, scene played out and just kind of like build the narrative. Like it's almost like the mall is going to be. A, a, a character. Anyway, going back to what I was saying, you know, about my daughter coming in and joining the podcast with me and getting her, um, her, um, kind of like her viewpoint on, you know, the mall and just the eighties in general. I think that'll be something we can really play off on kind of like see my viewpoint and get her viewpoint and kind of like, you know, settle on something in the middle at the end of the day. Anyway, um, so like I said, they really captured the essence of the mall and how it felt. Now, Steve is working at the local ice cream shop with a female employee named Robin that I think, you know, I think she'll play a huge part in the uh, story of this uh, particular season. And, and we're going to talk about her in a little bit uh, later. Okay, so a huge blackout occurs. Um, rats run to an undetermined location. Uh, Will is sitting in a theater and he gets his now signature uh, goosebumps and gets a huge flashback. So enter Jonathan and Nancy jumping out of uh, bed, heading to work at the local paper. This is, of course, the next morning. They are, of course, now a uh, couple, and it seems like um, Jonathan's mom, Joyce, kind of like approves because she sees the lipstick on uh, the lipstick on his cheek, and she's kind of like, you know, it's so it's so cute, and you know, then she goes talk and goes and talks to Will. He's like, yeah, I'm never gonna be in a relationship. I guess he wants to really enjoy his uh, his childhood, and we can kind of like see some things maybe brewing. Uh, with him kind of like off and on uh, throughout even when uh, back when 
uh, Will was in the movie theater. Mike, you know, kind of like leaned over. Hey, are you okay? Is anything, you know, going on? Because, you know, he's, you know, he had those flashbacks and things like that. You know, I mean, really, if this kid really wasn't going through a lot of this um, um, in real life, he would have uh, PS, um, TD, uh, it says um, PTSD, sorry. And he's just like really, really, you know, you know, it's like everything is being heaped on him over and over and over again. So I feel sorry for, um, for this, for this kid a little bit here, but anyway, so like I said, you know, Steve is working at the local ice cream shop. He's just, you know, he's just not, he doesn't seem like he's getting anywhere. And, uh, so like I was talking about a huge blackout occurred, rats run to an undetermined location, you know, and like I said, you know, well, he got his, you know, signature, uh, goosebumps, and, you know, of course, like I said, we were just talking about Jonathan and Nancy, and they, they were jumping out of bed, and they were heading to work at the, uh, local paper. Now, here is when we, uh, we enter, uh, Dustin. It's pretty much kind of like jumping from scene to scene, kind of like introducing everybody and where they are in a stream of time, which is kind of cool, kind of like we're jumping from the kids to the movies at the mall, and we're jumping to, uh, Jonathan and Nancy jumping out of the bed, and then we're jumping now to, Dustin, which is, um, he seems like he's just returning home from summer camp, um, and Dustin's a little disappointed that the, um, that the, uh, that no one seems to, uh, to, to care that he's returned home, and then we all of a sudden, you know, he's back home, we get this gremlin-like music that starts playing, and, and, you know, the kids really surprise Dustin out of nowhere, Eleven, of course, is using her powers, because she's got the toys going through the house and they kind of like stop and he's all freaked out and he's got his uh fair faucet uh, hairspray which he completely demolishes lucas with and that's kind of like one of the funnier scenes of the entire um, um episode and seeing that that just you know really brought back okay the gang's all here temporarily but then they kind of like get splintered a little bit later on we're going to get into that in a minute as well so um, basically, we uh, enter Karen Wheeler at the pool with uh, some of her um, uh, uh, friends. They're all at the pool, and basically, they're waiting for Billy, the lifeguard, to come out and do his uh, strut across the uh, the pool uh, swimming area. And of course, they're all looking like they're you know getting ready to, to you know to see you know, to see Billy and get their kind of like thrill for the day or whatever it may be. And, you know, he's kind of like, he, he knows what's going on. He's kind of like, he's, he's eating it all up and he's like saying little comments here, or there as he makes his way and everyone's looking at him. It's a whole big to do or whatever the case may be. You know, I just, I just found that to be, you know, kind of funny. But, um, now we see a sign that, uh, that seems to be against, the uh, newly built Star Court, which seems to have completely uh, put the local downtown businesses that were looks like they were alive and vibrant the year before, uh, completely out of business. And we see that little sign on one of the uh, one of the uh, electric poles. So this is something that is just absolutely uh, seems like it's destroyed the local economy and it's brought in businesses from outside and of course we have you know in the 80s and you know mostly in the uh, 90s early 90s into the early 2000s we saw that with uh these big businesses and walmart so of course walmart is one of the 
bigger uh, companies that has done the same exact thing. They put out all the mom and pop uh, stores, and you know it's it's a sad, sad thing. But it's something that, of course, it 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 happens, and you know it's sad to see. But I remember, you know, here in you know the local area, we you know we've had them all here since the '60s. But it was on the south side. You can kind of like go there and congregate there but you still had our downtown and you still had other shops all over town but then in the 90s when we had a second mall probably no more than about seven or eight miles away from the other mall and then we had walmart starting to pop up all over the place at the same time that completely killed a lot of downtown businesses um in the uh city that i live in which is savannah and it just completely killed those businesses for a while. There was a lot of crime in downtown, but of course, you know, gentrification has come in, and you can kind of like see a lot of this being paralleled uh, within the episode with um, with the uh, I guess with the protesters and all of that going on. Anyway, before I go down that rabbit hole uh, too much, so uh, we see Joyce and Chief Hopper have a um, have a discussion about Mike and Eleven's relationship and uh, you know he's you know Hopper he's just all in arms on their relationship they're driving him crazy they're playing the music you know they're always together it's just becoming so irritating uh, to him and then enter Dustin and Cerebro this is something that he uh, built to communicate with his uh with his girlfriend uh, Susie, um, and this is also a reference to uh, to X Men uh, Cerebral. Um, it was a machine that Professor X used to kind of like keep track on all the other mutants and kind of like keep it under wraps. Anyway, that's an overly uh, simplified explanation of that machine that uh, Professor X uh, used. Anyway, we're gonna take a brief break, and I'll be right back. Okay, so now we're back to Dustin, who claims to have a girlfriend named Susie, and he spends all this time trying to get back in contact uh, with her. Now, flash over to Steve for a little bit. You know, Steve doesn't seem to um, seem to be doing all that well, not being able to attend college, and he's uh, he's made to get a job by his father. You know, to he figures out exactly what he wants to do for the season, and you know, for the. Um, not for the season, but for the uh, remainder of his life. <laughs> but, you know, for a season, he's he's trying to figure out things to actually do. I love the whole scene where uh, where Robin, Steve, and um, all the kids are interacting together. Uh, specifically, um, uh, Dustin, Steve, and Robin. I just love their whole kind of like trio introduction. You can tell... You can kind of tell this is going somewhere. I, I, I love the way they're kind of like building that, you know, new uh, new kind of like team. It's almost like it's a, an aside team, you know. It's like we have a new team that's kind of like forming here. And Robin, she seems like she's going to be a, a huge major uh, character moving forward in this, uh, this season and uh, series. 
So I'm, I'm really liking her character already because she's kind of like giving Steve a lot of um, the business right now and he's like he's taking it in his stride and it's almost like he's liking it a little bit so we'll see where that goes I can really see something uh, happening with that because it because right now we really see Nancy and Jonathan uh, really hitting it off they're working together they're you know talking about things and it's kind of like that's something that Nancy needs and this is like something that um, that um that Steve really needs, you know, it's just one of those things where I think this is going to work out uh, for him and for her just in their separate uh, areas. So, you know, so we see the gang climbing uh, Hill 11 and Mike, you know, leave saying, oh, you know, curfew, which of course everybody knows is not a curfew. They want to spend their time alone together. Everybody all in the group that's remaining have their different viewpoints on how they feel about what's uh, what's particularly uh, going on between them. Now, Will gets the signature goosebumps again. This is the second time in this um, episode that this has happened. Uh, it always involves rats. Um, rats run to an undetermined location again. Now, keep in mind, I absolutely hate rats. I'm sorry, I just do not like rats. It's one of the few things on uh, the planet Earth that I do not like, and that is uh, that is one of them as far as uh, animals go. People, different story. But <laughs> but okay, so we see Billy and uh, Mrs. Willer talking at the uh, poolside. You know, there's a little bit of uh, flirting back and forth, which is totally totally wrong, and it should not be done under any circumstances. And I really don't find it to be funny, and I really think this shows to the character of uh of uh billy and mrs wheeler um all in their own but you know this is you know that there's something that happens at the end of this episode and we're gonna kind of like see a lot of things that happened uh between that dyna- da- that dynamic now we cut back to the kids trying to uh, uh contact dustin's uh new girlfriend Susie. now joy sits down to have dinner alone joyce has a flashback to uh, to Bob, Bob Newby, superhero. Then the camera uh, pans to Bob Newby, superhero picture drawn by Will on the uh, refrigerator, and it falls down. Now, Mike, Mike and Eleven are in the bedroom listening to music when Hopper comes in, and, you know, he tries to talk to them, and, you know, but it doesn't go uh, so so well to say the least so they basically him and Mike uh, Hopper and Mike they get into an argument and they basically go out to the car and the whole thing absolutely just just changes and Hopper just kind of like loses everything because you know like I said we went back to him and Joyce talking about how he was going to uh, going to talk about their uh, relationship and you know how they, maybe they need to uh, bring it back a little bit, and you know, and have some respect, and that, all that completely went out the window when Mike just became, yeah, I, honestly, he just became a little turd. So, to, to say the least, you know, he was not my favorite in this episode because he's kind of like got to be to the point to where he's a little arrogant, a little cussed <laughs> to say, you know, to be really, really nice. <clears throat> but anyway. So, meanwhile, Dustin, uh, Will, Lucas, and Max are still trying to contact Susie when they all start to, um, to, uh, to have, uh, 
to uh, to leave. Now, Max and Lucas, then Dustin, uh, uh, seems to be disappointed by the outcome. You know, and you know all the kids have left and they're they're one by one they're leaving and you know Dustin's just sitting there by himself. Of course, Will he was one of the last to leave. Um, right before, you know, leaving Dustin by himself, and Dustin seems to be defeated. He's kind of like in his own mind, in his head, when all of a sudden he hears something being transmitted uh, through his uh, cerebral, uh, his machine to to try to contact uh, Susie. Now, something else comes through, and I think it sound, uh, sounds as if it's Russian. And this is a little foreseeing for something that probably will happen a little bit uh, later. So, like I said, Dustin seems to be disappointed by the outcome when his thoughts are interrupted by a male voice over the radio uh, speaking Russian. So, this is going to probably play into the story a little bit later because we've been hearing about the Russians since season one. So, cut to... Uh, Mrs. Miller, who seems to be getting ready when she walks downstairs and see her uh, sees her husband, uh, Ted, snoring on the recliner with their youngest daughter. Mrs. Wheeler seems to be changing her mind and has a, a measure of guilt at that very moment, which she should. And I, I, I don't think she walked out that door. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm not sure she walked out that door and she totally changed seems like she totally changed everything that she was going to uh going to to do so uh billy meanwhile is driving to meet mrs willer when he gets into an accident um is is then um is then snatched down into a warehouse basement and we just we just of course enter the uh the signature opening and closing credits for Stranger Things, and this is this is I mean creepy just the way it happened. Of course, you know when you get into an accident, and you're in you know in any horror movie, you know when you get into an accident, get in that car. You know, stay in the car. You know, you know. Of course, you couldn't call for help because it was the 80s because you didn't have uh, cell phones unless you were a multimillionaire and you had a phone uh, in your car, but it was just, you know, what was he going to actually do at that moment in time? And it was just, you know, just the way whatever creature came up on him. And it seemed like when he got into the accident, there was some kind of ooze or something that was on the windshield that he actually touched. And then when he turned around, it kind of like it snatched him and it snatched him into a warehouse. I don't know if this is, um, if something else is, is taking uh, hold of him like it did Will uh, at the end of the last season, but I really enjoyed a lot of what they're, I think what they're um, starting to try to build here. You know, we constantly see the rats going to this central location, you know, of course, Will, he gets these, these feelings of something's not quite right, and, you know, enter that signature uh, music. So I really, really uh, enjoyed this episode. I'm going to be right back. I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to talk about my favorite parts from the episode. I'll be right back. All right, my number five for the week, Mrs. Driscoll at number one, finding uh, her eating fertilizer in the corner. Just the imagery, the sounds, 
the music, just everything about this entire scene was just not right. The first thing I thought of was rats in a horde eating fertilizer. It was one of the scenes that I will never forget. And it, as I brought out several times uh, already in this episode, and you know, this has deeply uh, uh, disturbed me, but it will be it will be one of the ones that I will not forget. All right, number two, Will and Mike's argument. This brought out some revelations maybe about Will himself or maybe some things he's dealing with or maybe some things he's about to deal with per se. But this just brought out so many, uh, so many things um, about the entire relationship and what he has, um, Will, what he's gone through and how Mike and the other um, guys perceive things. All right, number three, Steve and Dustin, Spy Hunters. This is one of my favorite um, um, partnerships in the entire, and I didn't, didn't even realize this would be a thing, but this partnership between these two, they just play off each other so well, and I just love the the, the, uh, the friendship and the dynamic that they have, and it just works so well because it's honest, and it's and you can feel the uh, the heaviness in it, but yet the 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 playfulness in their relationship because one's like a min, uh, mentor um, to the other, and uh, it just it just works on so many levels and it works uh, well and it brings an innocence to uh, Steve and it also it brings a sophistication to uh, to Dustin um, because he's far beyond his uh, years when they're together because he's giving Steve some advice and Steve's taking some advice and kind of like not taking some advice at the same time but um, they you know these two as spy hunters I just I just love the uh, the whole scene and what they're building between these two all right number four dinner with Billy and Heather this was creepy this is another creepy and and it goes to say that they're going with the whole horror uh, vibe for this season, even more so than in la- in the uh, last two previous seasons. This is kind of like a horror, com- uh, horror comedy, and I just loved this scene so much because it was almost uh, satirical uh, to its core, and I-, I felt that they just did this so well. It also brought up something else too that really uh, uh, Billy and Eleven haven't really. Uh, met each other up until this uh this very point at least not that I can remember because I'm trying to remember all through season two and I just don't remember because keep in mind Eleven was isolated really from the the rest of the entire group up until the last uh last last couple of episodes and she definitely didn't uh, have any contact with Billy at least until the last episode or and a half, uh, over halfway through the, um, because she was going on her own uh, 11. She was going through her own, uh, 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 I guess, pilgrimage of, of, of sorts. And she just was dealing with a lot of, you know, things within herself. You know, episode seven, of course, was all about her. So there was really no one else involved during that whole uh, episode in itself. But 
I just love that whole scene with uh, Billy and Heather because it's just eerily creepy and it's just kind of like, it, like I said, it was really satirical and they built it up uh, extremely well. All right, number, number five for the week is um, Robin cracks the code. She's very smart. She's funny. She keeps um, she she keeps Steve in his place and calls him on a lot of things over and over again and she keeps him really grounded and she seems like she's that balance that he really needs that maybe Nancy wasn't because they both were kind of like maybe cut from the same cloth they kind of like were both uh I guess uh what's the word they were both from the right side of the track and I'm using uh, they're from the right sides of the track I'm using air quotes here to really uh to really convey that so that you can't see me because it's audio of course but anyway, uh, Robin is really uh, great, and she is one of my favorite. She's actually in my top uh, top three favorite um, um, characters uh, going forward. So when she cracks the code, she she uh, she gets it all. She puts it all together. She's very smart. She reminds me of a very very subdued uh, Joyce. Uh, at this point, as far as um, her being able to put things together and figure out exactly what's going on in a semi-manic uh, 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 manner. And even Steve was like, you know, she's a little bit too hyper for me. <laughs> and she's in the band. And then, of course, you have uh, Dustin calling him on all of that repeatedly over and over again. And you need to get out of that and you need to look for something uh, better um, in your, in your life, not necessarily to say that Nancy wasn't the better, but maybe she didn't, uh, she didn't, um, I guess bring out some of his better qualities. And for me, it's like, you know, the same thing is happening with Nancy and Jonathan, you know, they're kind of like both from, uh, from different worlds and they're getting along uh, somewhat um, uh, well together and they're trying to figure out and understand each other but we'll talk about uh, all of that uh, I guess in uh, future episodes anyway this has been Tony with a Stranger Things podcast I hope you guys enjoyed this episode you guys know where you can contact me you can contact me on uh, Anchor, I have the uh, the podcast. All the episodes are there, and you can contact me on Twitter. It's um, basically you can find me over there, uh, underscore um, uh, Strange Things Podcast, and you can find me on Facebook. There's a group over there. You can ask to get in, and I'll let you get in. Just answer one or two questions, and boom, you're in. And I'm pretty much everywhere. And you know the podcast is everywhere. Podcast episodes are played. And if you need a link, I can send you a link. And there's just so many other ways to uh, to get involved and to stay in contact. And please, guys, uh, share, uh, save uh, the episode, send it to your friends, uh, subscribe, and contribute if you can. I'm even on uh, Patreon and all these other uh, avenues that are available to podcasters. Please, please, please continue to support the show. Uh, rate and review I'm on iTunes rate and review over there and give me stars uh, of course uh, stars one through three do not work only four and five work preferably five 
and just give an honest uh, review of the show and just let me know. And I'm always open to uh, constructive criticism. Let me know where I can do better, where I can, uh, can you know, just improve the show. You know, like, like I've said, the show is for you guys. So I really hope that you, uh, you keep, uh, keep um, getting involved and being involved with the show. And I hope you continue to love the show as much as I like doing it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And can, uh, just remember next week, starting next week, I'll have a, uh, a co-host in with, uh, from now on. It's going to be my daughter. Um, and we're going to do a brief uh, introduction uh, for her a couple days before to kind of like get you guys used to having her uh, on the uh, podcast and just let you know what she's all about and what her interests are and all that good stuff. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. See you later. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, this is Tony with a Stranger Things podcast. Today we're covering chapter two, The Mall Rats. That more coming up next. Episode, we enter in a warehouse. Now, Billy takes off in his car, but Billy doesn't seem to be Billy. You know, he seems to be having some weird flashbacks of being uh, uh, inhabited by the mind flare. Now, Billy seems to be in the upside down with a group of creepy people walking um, uh, towards him. And, you know, then he kind of like turns around and he sees himself. Now, this is kind of like, I guess, foreshadowing something that's about to happen, maybe, maybe, or it's, um, to, for me, this whole episode reminded me of um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now, I haven't seen the rest of the episodes as of yet, but it kind of like uh, brought back a lot of the feelings of the same thing. Kind of like, now, if it's going in that area, it, for me, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe they're actually um, going to uh, kill off and maybe replace those that have been killed off. Who knows? I think that's maybe where the storyline is going at this point, but we'll see. But um, anyway, we have the Stranger Things music, uh, intro music play, and we kind of have all that um, that uh, dynamic setup that we usually have set up, kind of like getting you pumped up for the episode um, after the uh, cold open. And then we uh, jump forward a little bit to uh, 11, and she's pacing back and forth on the porch, uh, awaiting on Mike to give her a call. Now, Mike... Obviously, I guess, you know, at this point, we don't know what specifically what she's waiting for and what she's pacing back and forth for. But we kind of like get the idea of exactly of, you know, what's going on now. Eleven calls Mike. Mike lies to Eleven about his grandma, uh, Nana, <laughs> that is that isn't really sick. But meanwhile, Hopper is in the uh, background. You know, he's looking satisfied in, in the uh, background with the uh, with the basically with. Um, with what he's done and the, the basically the wrench that he's thrown into their relationship. So Hopper, you know, he enters the 
the uh, the store um, a little bit later. Happy after singing a little ditty as he's driving on the way, and he's you know happy. You don't you don't you don't mess with old Jim. You know it's an old popular song. Um, some of you may not know what that song is, but I'm not even going to even jump into that. But um. He, like I said, he enters the store happy. You know, he was seeing this whole, you know, little ditty on the way. And on the way out of the store, after uh, gloating for a bit, Hopper knocks down some magnets. Now, Joyce then goes over and looks puzzled for a moment uh, while picking up the pieces off of the floor. Now, this has happened at other locations um, before, um, uh, specifically at her house. And then we switch over to Nancy a little bit here. Now, Nancy is at the local paper, and she gets an idea about a story, leaves with Jonathan to talk to uh, an older woman about some problems with rats that she's uh, having. Now, she uh, enters the mall again. Once again, you know, this whole setup was done very, very uh, well. Now we get to uh, Steve, Robin, and Dustin at the ice cream shop. Um, it's a you know it's classic banter between all of them. We 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 see the kind of like the build up and the uh, the I guess the forming of the uh, Scooby Doo gang is you know probably what I'm going to be call it from you know calling it from uh, their uh, relationship anyway from here on, and it's like. Uh, Dustin talks about some uh, some secret uh, Russian communication, and he uh, he wants Steve to help him with uh, translating that. Now, with that being said, you know it's kind of like one of those things where you know it's like is Steve really the best person to really uh, go about you know kind of like trying to solve this with uh, with him, but inadvertently. Uh, we see that maybe Robin is going to uh, jump in to uh, the solving of this with them. Okay, so enter uh, Max and Eleven talking about Mike lying. And, you know, you basically you cut back and forth between the boys uh, and Eleven and Max. Now, cut back to the boys talking about um, uh, being caught lying. And this is a so comedic because it's like one's uh, finishing the other's sentence as they kind of like intercut in between uh, both of the um, individual scenes. And this is kind of like showing like a, a, a parallel of, of sorts. And it's so funny because uh, Max gives Eleven advice on boys. And she's like, you know, boyfriends lie all the time. <laughs> it's just this. And it's like, I love the, the, the dynamic that they have because I thought there was going to be some real uh, friction between the two. But it seems like they've gotten past a lot of that. And a lot of the issues that we thought were going to be issues, maybe they've just, you know, over the last year, they've resolved them and they've moved uh, past them. And they just basically just have dealt with them and I I think maybe this was the first interaction that they uh particularly had together because it was like when she was uh practicing on her skateboard 
and Eleven walked up to her, and she kind of like had like this really surprised look on her face. So maybe that was the beginning of the the real beginning of their friendship. Like aside from the um, the boys and just separately uh, from all of them, because maybe she felt like maybe she was on the outside a little bit. I don't know. Um, I know her and Lucas are a thing, but anyway, this is this whole dynamic is just I, I love the way they're playing this all out and making it so realistic and the way they're moving the story forward without really having to to give too many details on everything that's happened and if you're looking for a lot more details on story you know storylines and the history and of all the characters you can just go to the books and just check out all the books they have several books uh, you can find them on amazon or wherever uh, good books are sold i prefer you go to a bookstore if possible because they're a dying breed right now and that's just um unfortunately um the society we're living in right now anyway i'm not going to get off on that tangent because i'll be on that for about about an hour or two by itself but uh then you have uh max she takes 11 to the mall after them uh talking and um um to her amazement she just looks around and just i guess she's never been in a uh, environment like this where there are so many people and just so many uh, shiny, amazing things, lights, uh, just the whole the uh, whole experience is just something completely new to her. And I like the way they uh, they played uh, on that. And they really uh, accentuated the greatness of the malls because malls were definitely great in the 80s with their, all their glitz and just, I mean, just over uh, excess of everything. It was just wonderful to uh, watch and see and experience and be there. And I was definitely there during that, uh, during that time. And I was about around... Uh, about their age when all that came to uh, uh, fruition but um, anyway uh, Will uh, basically he sets up the D&D board and you know with no takers he's kind of like left by himself meanwhile at the pool Mrs. Wheeler is trying to explain to Billy why she, why she didn't show up and Billy looks to be in a uh, trance of sorts maybe taken over by the mind flare of maybe i don't know but you know then he has a flashback you know of what uh he wants to um to do which is a violent physical attack and that's just you know that whole that whole um just him not him acting without having to say a word was the uh, weirdest um thing but it was the greatest thing also because it kind of like shows his range as an actor and if anybody doesn't know I, I love the actor um i can never say his first name uh montgomery but um this is his last but um he's an australian um young man but um he was uh he was really great in the uh, power rangers uh movie that they rebooted um um, a couple of years back, it was a really, really good movie, underrated. If you haven't seen it, go, uh, go check it out. It's great. But anyway, we're gonna f- flash forward a little bit. Um, back to the ice cream uh, shop where Steve du- and, and Dustin are still trying to translate the Russian uh, tape when Robin comes in and helps with the translation. So this is something that I kind of like um, foresaw a little bit and she's like hey you know you guys are doing it all wrong let me show you they have a completely the russians have a completely different alphabet let me 
you know, figure all this out for you. And she actually jumps, you know, uh, head over heels into the whole situation and the whole, um, cause I guess, cause she said she was bored and she just jumped right in and started helping. So, you know, this is the, uh, official forming of the, uh, Scooby-Doo gang. That's going to definitely be a reference. I'm going to be talking about, uh, throughout the entire, uh, podcast, uh, series. Anyway, um, we jump over to Nancy and Jonathan and they arrive at the, uh, old lady's home, um, um, where some creepy music from the 30s, maybe 40s is playing in the, uh, background. Then we see the, uh, uh, throwback to, uh, Felix the Cat Clock, um, which is a really huge pop culture, uh, reference. It's just, the whole setup is just creepy, and, um, from what some people have said to me without spoiling it for me, it gets creepier, uh, as it goes into the next few episodes, but I'm gonna, you know, not talk about that too much, because I don't want to get into, uh, spoilery, because I was spoiled a little bit on some small details, but not too much to where it kind of, like, ruins, um, the way I talk about the actual episode, this episode itself. But anyway, they uh, they head down, uh, Jonathan and Nancy, they head down to the creepy basement, um, of course, where it seems that fertilizer was eaten by rats. Now, the old, now the old woman thinks that the rats have rabies. Um, and then there's a picture, of course, of Ronald Reagan in the background, um, he, which he won by a landslide in that uh, particular um, uh um, political uh, race of that year so that was kind of like a huge thing it was all in the news and and everything anyway um meanwhile uh, hopper is at the uh, city hall with mayor uh larry klein amidst protesters and he's talking to him like hey get them out of here we need to you know have it all you know be i guess the whole situation the whole city needs to be happy but of course these people have lost their jobs so they're not happy they don't really want a big celebration and, you know, they're, you know, uh, Klein, uh, Mayor Klein and uh, Hopper have a whole discussion and they kind of like get back and forth into it. And, and you know, he's basically, uh, uh, Hopper's hand is, uh, is kind of like held behind his back and he's like, okay, I'll go ahead and do what I need to do. I don't like it, but it is what it is. So he goes, uh, commences to doing what the uh, mayor wants him to do. And Max and Eleven arrive at the mall while the boys are on the uh, other side of the mall looking for a present for Eleven. Of course, this will not end well. All right. Now, go back over to... um, to Joyce. Now she's studying uh, electromagnetic concepts where she heads over to Mr. Clark's house while he's listening to Weird Al's My Baloney. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I just absolutely love that. Anyway, meanwhile, Jonathan uh, takes pictures of a rabbit rat uh, while uh, Nancy uh, makes several calls. Now, Nancy comes back down to the basement says she has a uh, lead they leave the light start to flicker off and on then the rat explodes like a pimple which i absolutely love i don't know if i've said this to anyone but i i don't like rats and that's all i'm gonna say about it. i'm not gonna get into the reasons why i just don't like rats 
Okay, so we cut it back to uh, Billy in the Upside Down uh, talking to the Mind Flayer saying he wants to build. And then he, you know, Billy asks him, you know, what do you want to build? And then the Mind Flayer says, everything you see. So that kind of like, it leads me right back to what I was talking about. The, uh, the, the whole, you know, kind of like building of the, um, the world from uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Anyway, um, we, uh, we cut to a classic 80s montage of the boys and Eleven and, and Max uh, trying on clothes and trying to, um, to build, um, trying to buy a uh, gift, the boys that is, trying to buy a gift for Eleven. Now, the scene with the boys about to, uh, to head into uh, the, lodge, the uh, lingerie scene, um, store uh, scene is just absolutely classic. I love that. Uh, every moment of that, just the whole, you know, looking at everything and looking at each other and just the way the camera panned off of them and panned into their faces. It was just, it was absolutely one of the funniest uh, scenes um, of this episode. Now, you know, of course, um, the girls catch the boys outside as they're leaving. Um, anyway, uh, Mike um, is dumped by 11 and you know after catching of course after catching them at the mall and you know rightly so because he lied and he said he would never lie and you know friends don't lie and of course he lied and that just up the whole thing and then you know it's kind of like the music that played uh in the background after he gets dumped cold as ice and just the expression on the boy's face i just found all of that to be so so uh uh, just it just built up the whole story and everything moving uh, forward and just the expressions on their face it was like I said it was just classic um, now the newly formed uh, uh, trio of Dustin Steve and Robin uh, basically continues uh, to dismantle and translate the Russian code now Steve actually uh, uh, solves part of the Russian uh, transmission uh, Steve figures out that the music on the recording was recorded at the mall. So this wasn't, um, this wasn't from Russia, but it was actually, uh, from the mall. And it comes from a, uh, kitty horse ride that was within the mall. Now, uh, uh, we go over to Hopper. Now, Hopper leaves the restaurant upset after Joyce basically just stands him up for dinner. He's just so upset and he's like drunk and he leaves the restaurant. You know, I'm the chief of police. Can't get in any trouble. I can leave with a bottle of wine if I want to. Commences to leaving. That whole scene is funny in the setup when he goes back to the house and sees um, uh, Levin and uh, Max at the uh, house. And then we um, get to the part where Steve's at the warehouse and arrives with one of the uh, female bodyguards in the uh, in the uh, trunk. I'm sorry, not Steve. He didn't arrive at the uh, the warehouse. Um, it's uh, Billy. He he arrives at the warehouse and he has one of the female bodyguards in the trunk and then takes her out and that whole scene starts to uh, happen. Now they arrive and Billy and the female lifeguard um, are inside the warehouse. So this is kind of like where we're kind of like building to a uh, crescendo of sorts. And we're about to get kind of like the peak of what's going on. And then we see the real shot of the new monster for for the uh, first time. And then we uh, move forward from uh, then on. So that was pretty much the whole episode. Um, it's a great episode. It's getting better and better with every uh, episode. 
And what I'm going to do for now on is we're going to kind of going to kind of like rate each and every episode. This episode out of 11, I'm going to say it was uh, a 9.5. Anyway, I'll be right back with my top five moments from episode two, The Mall Rats. Hey everybody, this is Tony with the Stranger Things Podcast, and today we're covering Chapter 3, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. That and more coming up next on a Stranger Things Podcast. Today's episode starts with Max and Eleven listening to music, uh, talking about boys and the Karate Kid. Now, Eleven gets an idea to spy on the boys uh, uh, via blindfold. So the boys are less than, well, we'll just say they just fart and burp all over the place. And they're just doing what adolescent boys do at that age. And believe me, I know because I once was an adolescent boy. Anyway... Uh, Hopper comes back uh, drunk from being stood up by Joyce. He's already a little bit uh, pissed, to say the least. Now, uh, Hopper seems to be happy that Eleven is spending time with uh, with someone other than Mike. So, you know, he kind of like busts in, you know, three inches or whatever he was saying before, kind of like the guidelines he was putting between Eleven and uh, Mike and he finds out oh wait a minute this is actually Max here you know she's um 11 is hanging out with Max this is possibly a good thing because she's starting to widen um her association with those um inside their 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 party and she has really latched on to to Max um at least that's what we've seen so far in in the uh, in the season which is a good thing because we need those alliances we need everybody having those personal relationships and they're really uh building upon a lot of that and i love the way they're going uh with that in this particular season now hopper seems to be happy that 11 is spending time like i said other than someone other than uh than than mike so he just kind of like gets this little grin on his face and he you know he starts you know i guess tina marie is playing in the background and um love a girl this is just one of the greatest scenes because it's like he's just in pure bliss on this whole um i guess this whole thing that he's uh put together and they all just seem to uh to be um i guess working together and they're just they, they just seem uh, to be happy 11 and uh, and Max so far and it seems like they're building a really great uh, friendship now moving on um, so Max and 11 start playing uh, spin the bottle or you know kind of like a variation of it I don't know exactly what it is because you know as it's they are pointed out um, they actually make up their own uh, uh, rules so they start playing a variation of spin the bottle and when they um they land on uh billy something is is awry and of course we always find out that you know whenever something you know 
is awry with with Billy, it's probably not a good thing, at least definitely uh, in this particular uh, season. So when they spin, um, so when they uh, when they uh, spin the bottle and they spy uh, upon um, Billy via blindfold, things get dark very quickly. Now Billy turns around and sees Eleven from. Um, now this is not the upside down. I'm trying to figure out exactly what this is. This is kind of like a in 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 between. Uh, spot in between the upside down uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly what what they call this I know at some point they called it something but if any of you guys uh, know what what they actually call this let me know and um, and I will uh, make some corrections uh, to this episode or just kind of like do a shout out um, in a later episode anyway um, so you know it's just you know, Billy turns around and he sees Eleven, and this is the first time that this has happened. So, yeah, Eleven knows that there is something more going on with Billy because he has the ability to uh, to see her when she's blindfolded and kind of like spying on uh, on them. So, this is something that is definitely different, and she doesn't uh, really um, know what to uh, take of it and what to and what to think of it. So the uh, signature opening credits begin, and then we're um, we're here with the with the uh, guys, and they're awakened by Will the Wise, and it's apparent that the um, that the boys are starting to uh, drift away from each other, and we'll have a little bit more. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but the context is really going to fill itself out. But um, meanwhile. Uh, back at Hopper's place, uh, Joyce bursts in, uh, and they argue for a while back and forth. Uh, Joyce talks about, um, talks about her, uh, electromagnetic discoveries with, uh, Mr. Clark, the science teacher, which is one of the, uh, funniest scenes that I've, uh, seen the, uh, the entire, uh, season so far. Um, definitely it, there's a horror, uh, uh, comedic tone that is it's really it's balanced really really well along with the uh, action so far and I think this is going to be one of the better uh, seasons so uh, with that being uh, with that being said you know after them fighting back and forth and she's telling Jim uh, 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 about all of her uh, electromagnetic discoveries and something's not quite right and you know they get in this back and forth now you know, going back over to uh, Max and Eleven, they're walking and talking whilst um, whilst heading to Max's house to to look around Billy's room for evidence. Now they find ice uh, ice bags, uh, empty ice bags, in the tub. Then there's the blood on the cabinet door, and they find the bloody whistle. And this is all because of what uh, what Eleven saw. In that in-between uh, place where she goes when she's blindfolded. So, um, anyway, we'll come back to that. Meanwhile, Nancy and Jonathan are looking at pictures in the newsroom. Now, when Nancy takes the pictures to her boss and they make fun of her, this kind of like really deflates and defeats her to no end. And these guys are just... Uh, 
they're just jerks but there's a lot of things that are coming up to some some people that are going to get their uh their uh do justice um anyway we're going to talk about that a little bit later and we're going to jump ahead but um you know, this is just one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like a lot of that stuff uh, would not happen and it would not fly uh, today. So, uh, back at the mall, now Erica and Robin are exchanging witty banter between each other. Now, whilst Robin is trying to figure out and translate the Russian tape still, now Dustin and Steve are. Uh, spying at the mall trying to find the Russian uh, spy. So the banter between uh, these two is just the greatest in the show uh, so far. It's just, you know, it just, it can't get any better than the banter between, uh, between these two. So Dustin and Steve, you know, like I said, they're, they're, they're trying to find the spy and, you know, the, the banter with them is, is great. And they continue to build uh, upon that. Now, back at the Willer's house, um, uh, Lucas my, and Mike, you know, it's, it seems as if they are just, just uh, exalt, uh, exhausted. And they, they really don't want to, um, they really don't want to, uh, to partake in this, uh, this uh, apparent campaign, um, D&D, Dungeons & Dragons campaign that uh, Will the Wise has, uh, has started. And this has really, really uh, upset him to know. And now leave, um, Will leaves very upset. Mike and Will argue for the first time that we've seen uh, on screen to this um, um, magnitude for the first time. Uh, Will brings up that Mike and Lucas don't even care where Dustin is because ever since he's gotten back, they haven't spent any time together. And this is something that um, it's kind of like been been um, it's been percolating and getting ready to boil over from the uh, from really the very first um, few moments of this uh, season. So. You know, it's just that, you know, they, and then, you know, he kind of like, Mike says one of those things, it's not my fault that you don't like girls. Now, I don't know what he's trying to insinuate yet. It could be one of two things. It could be either, either uh, Mike is, uh, he's maybe trying to say that uh, Will is homosexual, or he um, he's just so stunted in his maturity level because of everything that he has gone through. So it's one one of the two because, and, and a reason why I don't know, know exactly what it is because it's the look that Will uh, gives him after Mike says what he said. Now, keep in mind, if you go back to season one, you know, Hopper, Hopper he said some things about uh, about uh, Will and Joyce was like, you know, she even said the uh, the F word, which I'm not gonna say the F word. It wasn't the F, not not the uh, not the four letter F word, but the uh, three letter uh, F word. Um, that's a derogatory term for uh, homosexual people. But this was one of the things that I I don't know if this is where they were going. Or I, I'm honestly I think it's just that he's just been going through so much the last two seasons, and you know he's just uh, emotionally, uh, and mentally stunted. And he's a little bit behind his, uh, friends at this time. So that's why I, I, that's really where I think, 
a lot of this is uh, is going. But of course, some people are saying it's open to interpretation. But I, I, I think it's the uh, the latter, the one I've just talked about, him being stunted. And he just wants to hold on to that childhood as long as possible because he really hasn't had the chance and hasn't been able to enjoy his uh, his childhood uh, from uh, for you know from the last couple of uh, of years because it's just been so hard. He's gone through uh, so so much. So back at the pool, uh, Max and Eleven are looking for the missing lifeguard, Heather. Now, Eleven gets back into the, um, I guess, the uh, in-between zone between the upside down and the real world. Uh, Eleven walks through a, uh, a door and sees a tub uh, filled with ice, while, where Heather bursts through and, and, asks for, uh, and she asks for help. And this is uh, this is something that you know kind of like freaked her out. And that, this whole the the uh, the, uh, the imagery in this entire series thus far, especially this season, because it has that horror you know slash comedic slant that's like slightly off putting, is has been really great. It is it's wonderful. Now Joyce and ha- Joyce and uh, Hopper are back at the uh, at the lab, you know with. Uh, with uh, lock cutters um, to uh, to get back into the lab itself. Now Joyce has a flashback of Bob getting attacked. Now we see a camera with a red light flashing on and off as they enter the uh, the building. Now back at the mall, Steve and Dustin think they've spotted um, an evil Russian, but he's actually a jazzercise instructor. And I can't, this took me back so much because I remember uh, seeing a lot of those in uh, in malls wherever I went. And of course, we only had uh, one mall uh, here in my local area up until the 90s, and then we had two malls, and then of course, the outlet malls and all those exploded. But inside the, uh, the original uh, mall we had, it um it had it actually had that jazzercise for a short period of uh of time um, towards the uh, the late 80s and of course it uh it went out uh really really uh fast. Anyway, um so Robin has figured out some of the uh the uh, recording when she's interrupted by a guy from a place called Lynx. I guess he's knocking on the door for it, you know and it has a uh, delivery for her now. Meanwhile. Uh, Dustin and Steve make their way back to the uh, ice cream shop while Robin figures out the rest of the code. And this is where we get Robin Codebreaker. That's going to be her name from, from now on. Anyway, back at the um, back at the Hawkins Post, uh, Steve and Nancy are still talking about the story where Mrs. Uh, uh, Driscoll and, and, and whether uh, to continue uh, with the story in general and whether or not it's going to be a uh, a good idea and we don't really think it's probably going to be a good idea at this point to continue on but of course they do so now we go to uh joyce and hopper now they search through uh how the um how the uh, lab is actually closed but So Joyce and Harper search through the now closed lab. Now Joyce has a brief flashback about Bob. Now Harper lets Joyce know that, you know, he's keeping an eye on things, and you know because he wants them all to uh, to feel safe. 
And when he reveals that uh, she knows Joyce is thinking of selling her home, you know, Joyce has this look on her face of surprise. And then he has a look of disappointment. And, this, and that's a big revelation to, uh, to us, the viewer, as well. So this is something that could change the whole dynamic of everything moving forward, maybe once the season is over. I don't know how everything is going to uh, to end and how everything is going to go, but this is a big revelation. And maybe, you know, and even even Hopper himself says something that's that's uh, that's really telling in and of itself. And, you know, he just like you said, he just wants them to be safe. And of course, he reveals that, you know, he knows that she's selling the uh, the home but Hopper tells Joyce that you know he uh he knows what it feels like to be lost but says that she has something uh, he never had and that's people that care and you know care about uh her and know what uh, she's been through and Hopper and Joyce you know they just you know they just they just start to uh, to to joke and laugh and it's lighthearted for a second and then all of a sudden they hear something in 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 the lab. Now we're gonna go back to the boys for a minute. Now the boys are looking for uh, for Will, but Will is uh, is he's in his old castle. He's reminiscing on um, on all the things that they've done. Uh, Will you know he kind of like uh, he he looks back at all the great uh, time they had together um, that opening scene from season one where they were playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons in the uh, basement uh, when they dressed up as uh, Ghostbusters in season two and just all the emotions of all of that start to to flood back and it's just so telling and it's just so honest and so raw and so real and you can actually feel the emotions um, going through this kid, this this uh, honestly, uh, uh, Noah Snap, uh, the, uh, uh, Snaps, uh, he's actually one of the better actors to me in this entire uh, uh, series. Um, some of the other ones where we thought their acting was a bit uh, better, and of course they're being show, uh, showcased more. Uh, this kid, he is actually uh, uh, the best actor as far as all the kids so far as far as his range and what we've seen what what he's done with sometimes very little dialogue and just uh just the facial expressions and all of that he is just diving deep into the material that 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 that, that he's giving and he's really really showing us uh what it is to be a, uh, a great act um, actor especially at his age now okay so we you know we've talked about all of that and then you know we talk about you know we you know we talked about what his maybe what his role will be for this season and I don't know exactly what his role is going to be but I don't know if he's gonna have some powers or whatever you know because of being in the upside down because you know the longer you're in the upside down the more it affects you negatively or whatever the case may be and we know he has had some uh residual uh, effects from being uh, in the upside down and being involved with the mind flare and in all of those uh elements now we're going to talk about nancy and jonathan 
who are back at uh, Mrs. Uh, Driscoll's house. Now, this is one of the uh, creepier uh, scenes of the entire series. Okay, so they both head uh, back into her house after knocking several times in the pouring down rain. So this 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 imagery is just setting the scene. It's pouring down. You're hearing the thunder. It's an old um, it's an older uh, home um, that music is playing a little bit in the background, and you're kind of like you're because the music is so uh, instrumental. No pun intended. Uh, to this entire show, you can hear that 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 old time music playing in the back of your head as you're as you're watching these um, this 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 actual scene play out, and you're 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 hearing something, and just one of the creepier revelations from the entire series. For me, it's just I mean I even I get goosebumps now. I mean, I'm getting will goosebumps right now, um, actually thinking about. Um, what is about to be revealed. So um, they're knocking several times and they're not getting an answer and they they slowly go down in into the basement when they hear a monstrous chomping and, and, and chatter. And when the camera slowly pans over to the corner, I'm thinking, the first thing I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be uh, rats eating the bags of fertilizer, but no, it's Mrs. Driscoll eating fertilizer like an animal in the corner, crunching it's all over her face. She turns around, she has this mad look on her face, and it is just creepy as all get out. This is this is one of the creepier um, uh, scenes and uh, imagery, like I've said, in the entire series so far for me. Because of, you know, of course, of a fear of rats that I have. But that's a, another story for another day. Um, to mildly, uh, briefly quote the never-ending story. Anyway, so um, back at the mall, Robin, Steve, and Dustin are spying on the Russians. Now, Robin and Steve briefly hold hands as they've gone through the whole uh, spying on the uh, the Russians Um from the top of the roof on the uh, next building over at the mall. Now they of course they hold hands when they are when they're when they're scared, and this kind of like kind of like feeds into what uh, what Dustin was talking about. Hey, you got the perfect um, uh, woman right in front of you. And you're not taking advantage of it, and he goes through that whole you know you know speech with him, and they go back and forth, and it's just, you know, like I said, the banter between the beast uh, two is just wonderful, and it's just so honest, and I love the way they're, uh, they're, they're continuing this, um, this relationship between these two, and they're really building on it, and they're keeping it honest and true to what it really is, so, you know, a, a friendship, so, uh, you know, so, like I said, they briefly hold hands, uh, um, uh, Steve, and Robin, and you know, you know, because they're scared by the chance that they'll uh, be found out on top of the roof when you know, of course, Steve and Dustin are fighting over the uh, binoculars and they actually, you know, hit the top of the roof and it makes a sound. And the Russians, of course, are 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 um, they're alerted, or maybe it's just Russians. We don't know exactly know right now, but we'll we'll see if if that is what it turns out to be. 
So meanwhile, over in the lab, Joyce and Hopper are looking around for a sound that they heard whilst, uh, whilst investigating. Now Hopper gets into a fist fight with, you know, with, you know, pretty much where he loses. And a, a, a man rides off a motorcycle, uh, rides, rides off on a motorcycle into the rain. Now, go back over to Max and Eleven are riding a bike in the rain over to an, uh, an basically a, uh, a unknown home, which turns out to be the home of Heather. Now, you know, when her father, where uh, her uh, father is the boss at the Hawkins, uh, uh, Hawkins Post, where uh, Steve and, not Steve, um, where uh, Jonathan and Nancy uh are working so with all that being said it's just you know it's just really really creepy that we find out that uh heather uh heather's father is the boss of the hawkins post now we know this um this by the picture on the wall and the creepy music that is that is uh that that's, that's playing now billy is there too so and he's more reserved and he's nicer and you know and uh, Max is like you know I guess he's probably thinking in her head and by the look on her face who is this person but she doesn't really want to give away uh, anything in particular and at the same time she wants to you know to kind of like you know keep the you know what they're investigating uh, under wraps uh, for the time being so, you know, you know, and then, you know, Heather comes out and that kind of like throws everything off. It's like, well, you know, the, our investigation is over and Max, maybe she was trying to keep it, uh, keep it under covers, but she kind of like feels that something is not quite, uh, quite right with the whole situation. And, you know, you know, Billy, you know, starts looking, uh, creepily at the girls as they, uh, they, they, they are leaving knowing um, that he's uh, one-upped them for the time being, but he has a brief flashback to when Eleven was uh, closing the gate, and, and you know, kind of like go back for a uh, few brief seconds. He talks about, uh, he talks about, you know, where I know you from. What's what's your name? You know, he's kind of like because because really they've never really uh, seen each uh, each other. Um, and not as far as I can remember, because like I said, it would have only been in uh, episode, I'm um, not episode, but uh, season two, that they actually saw each other and actually talked to each other. And I don't remember any times other than maybe an uh, episode, maybe uh, end of eight, episode nine at best. So I don't really, I don't really remember them inter even interacting so i don't think he would have known her other than her being the one that closed down now billy is not going to know her in in particular because like i said they never really inter interacted except for you know down to that last uh episode and uh and a half and now the mind flare this is the one you know because like like he like they were saying you know like we were saying you know he kind of like stayed dormant until he needed him and this is the same thing with with uh with billy it's like he just takes he takes over, uh, kind of like possessing him and to to a certain extent, and he just um, he just really rambles on with all of these um, all of these ideas and concepts. Anyway, not to stay on that for too much longer because there's a lot more that's 
that's probably uh, coming with that whole situation. So Will gets uh, gets gets chills and says um, he's back. Now when American Pie, um, the song uh, comes on and our attention is reverted back to the dinner table of Heather's parents when when Heather's mom uh, Janet collapses on the floor and for a brief uh, second we see what seems to be a little bottle of uh, of poison. Now Heather's father. Uh, runs to her and tries to help her. Now Heather, whom I don't think is really Heather, this, you know, like I said, there's a whole um, a vibe of invasion of the body snatchers, but I pre- pretty much, which I think this is what it's all boiling down to at this point, uh, um, hits him over the head, uh, her father over the head, and 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 smothers him. I guess to knock him out so that so that he could drag him to a uh, location and have the same thing that's done to to them uh, uh, that that was done to them to have done to uh, her parents now you know basically you know this is just this is just one of the uh, the, the creepiest things for me and she's just basically saying you know you know it'll all be over soon Heather is saying this to her dad which is basically the same thing that Billy said to her before he, uh, he, I guess, had her overtaken or overtook her and kind of like replaced. Because now I keep thinking back, you know, there was a uh, scene, I think in episode, uh, episode one or two, uh, I think, I think it was one, episode one. And it was talking about, you know, he was kind of like seeing into the upside down. He's talking to the mind flare Billy and he was like, what do you want? He truly looked like he was terrified. He didn't know what was going on. And he says, everything you see. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, what do you want from me? And he's like, I want you to basically, this is what I'm thinking. Maybe he wants him to copy and get rid of all the real people and copy those with fakes of everything you see. So this is where, where I think this is probably going at this uh, at this point and i'm gonna have the uh, top five coming up next after this brief break and we're gonna wrap up the episode for this week okay so i've got about 17 questions for the new season of stranger things season four that's upcoming whether it's in 2020 or 2021 i have no idea at this point by the way i'm tony your host of a stranger things podcast if i didn't introduce myself look I, these are some of the things that are really starting to to bug me or did bug me at the end of season three and i just hope that they that they answer these questions or we get answers to these questions before the end of season four because i have a f- sneaky suspicion that season four maybe season five will probably be the last uh seasons of this wonderful uh, nostalgic show that we'll get moving forward. So I'm going to jump right into it. Now, just to let you guys know, for our next episode, um, which I'm probably going to push out next week, we're going to be covering um, the entire um, breakdown of episode seven from season two, the most maligned uh, episode thus far from the series itself. And then we're also going to cover the best uh, Stranger Things episodes, the uh, 10 
episodes, I think, are the best. And I really had to switch some things around and really dive deep into these episodes and rewatch all of the episodes and really analyze them to see which ones were the best. And there were a couple things that led to why I think um, these particular episodes are the best. But we'll get into that in next week's episode. But what we're going to do, what we're going to do right now is we're going to walk you through and kind of like go into the upside down or into uh, Hawkins, Indiana. And we're going to cover some of the issues that I have and some of the questions that I think should be answered. Okay, so my number one, um, well, not really number one, but it's just one of the things that's on my mind is will the other parents ever learn of the upside down and the all the other craziness that ensues around that from the monsters and everything just going on right under their noses. And specifically, I'm talking about the parents of, um, of uh, Mike and uh, Lucas, uh, the Wheelers, um, the Wheelers and the Sinclairs. Will they actually know? It's like everything is going on under them. And of course, um, some of the other siblings have been pulled in. And will uh, Dustin's mom ever figure anything out? Probably. I don't think so. So that's one of my... Um, really pet peeves and they could go they can really expand the story and bring a lot uh into the story if they expand it and you know because mrs willow she had a lot to do last season i think it would be really good at least to bring uh her in and maybe and maybe uh bring uh the mothers in from both of the families that are kind of like, you know, you know, left out, whether it's um, the Willis or Sinclair's and uh, look, um, Dustin's mom. So I think maybe they should introduce them as characters first, because like I said, Mrs. Willis, she had a lot to do in last season. And that talk that she had in the kitchen with Nancy um, after she had her run in with her bosses at the uh, paper, that was some of the uh, best dialogue and some of the uh, better of the scenes from season three. Now, on to my next question. What is Murray up to? We don't, we, we didn't kind of like get a sense of what was going on with him at the end of three. We know he left the uh, the mall and then Dr. Owens came back in briefly and it, we, he kind of like got lost in the shuffle because at least unless, unless it's something I'm forgetting about, but everybody else kind of like all went their, you know, own uh, separate ways. And we caught up with them briefly, but we really didn't get any uh, any clarification on what was going on with him unless he's the American. And Jim Hopper is not, which will sadden a lot of people, uh, mostly me. Now, <laughs> so... You know, we had to figure out what's going on because I love his storyline, him and Alexi and all the things that they were going through back and forth. And his his character has really had almost slowly merged into, into becoming a major character. And with with him and uh, Erica, uh, they're kind of like whole playing off of each other. I think they will do uh, well playing well off of each other, especially or exactly the way um, Steve and Dustin have become our best friends and have played off of each other. So here's the thing. This is something that I think should be clarified. And, you know, and, and Netflix does a really good way of clearing things up really fast in a really concise, uh, digestible way. My next question, 
how much of season four will take place in Hawkins? Because as we know, the buyers and uh, Eleven have all left Hawkins. Now, if we're, if I were to guess, they went somewhere near to Chicago. And if that's the case, we have some other characters, uh, Kali, namely, and some of her uh, friends or hoods, whatever you want to call them. They will probably, uh, because like I said, I don't think that you introduce characters like that, especially like the way they did in, at the beginning of season two, and then just not have them ever uh, come back. And just the way, and that's why I want to really jump into episode uh, seven of season two, um, The Lost Sister, because I think this is something that will, uh, will, will really serve the story better and push it forward and expand, but, but expand in an organic way. Way, and I think this is something that will probably uh, serve the entire storyline uh, well. All right, my next question: Will we ever see Steve Harrington's parents? I, I, I'm just this is like the third time I've asked this in my series of questions that I usually do after every uh, season. Will we ever see his parents? Uh, we we haven't seen them yet. It's been three seasons. We have not seen a glimpse. Of them, am I the only one that just was like, oh yeah, he had this big house, he had this big party. Um, Barbara goes missing. Um, we haven't seen a hide and hair of his parents whatsoever to this point. And you know, I know they are out of town, and that's kind of like the way they explained it. But you're out of town for three seasons after all these major events are happening. Kids are dying. Kids are coming up missing. You're not there with your kid. To me, that's just hey, this is you know, so and it's a little side thing and it's something small. Explain it like. Netflix, um, uh, Stranger Things, the show explains things. You can explain things in a concise manner, just like they did at, at, at the, um, almost at the end of season, uh, three, they wrapped pretty much a whole, uh, bunch of where everybody, you know, where everybody, uh, was what what they were doing and a whole bunch of hosts of other things and a whole bunch of other things within about 45 uh, seconds to a minute. They explained it well. Oh, you were there. You need to keep up. You know, anyway, go back and watch the scene. It's awesome. Okay, so my next question. Will we see Kali from episode seven, season two, or any of the super kids with their super powers? Okay, so this is this is something I really hope that they dive into. You know, we can have a really a, a X, X-Men uh, fraction um, and kind of like storyline, parallel storyline going on here. Okay, so... For the most of you, um, if you don't know, a lot of these stories, whether it was the Twilight Zone, whether it was um, um, Stranger Things, uh, it, 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 comic books, um, uh, Marvel comics, they all revolve, around, you know, in a circle around these uh, same concepts. And if you draw parallels, you can draw parallels between all of these um, uh, uh, plot points and uh, storylines. Anyway, I'm not going to dive too much into that because that's a whole nother uh, story and issue and topic for another day and another episode. All right. So another question is Chief Hopper really dead? And I hope he's not, but I have a sneaking sense that he's going to come back and he's going to die. And that's probably what they're going to do. Okay. Next question I have, what was the mind flare? What exactly was it? They, they, they didn't really explain that and they haven't explained uh, explained the Demogorgons or any of the other creatures that were seen, um, the slugs, um, just 
anything. Dart, they had them dogs, they haven't explained any of it yet. So I'm I'm just I'm still wondering what all of that really uh what those characters really are and what it means, what, what, what the shadow character was. Uh, did it take a different form from the mind flare? Is the same thing as the mind flare? I mean, it's just so many different uh, things that haven't been explained fully. What is the upside down? Just a whole host of other questions. I think they need to go ahead and wrap up and explain so that we understand everything that is going on. If you hear in the background, that's actually my bird. He's getting uh, excited. Um, it's going crazy. Anyway, all right, so what are the Russians? Another question of mine. What are the Russians doing with the Demogorgon? And why are they trying to open the upside down again? What what benefit is it to them? Are they trying to train the Demogorgons to go out and, and conquer? And are they trying to train them somehow? I don't know. But it doesn't seem like it's um, it's anything good at this point. All right, where did... Uh, where did Joyce, Jonathan, Will, and Eleven go, and will they return to Hawkins? Will they return to Hawkins again? I don't know. I'm hoping they do. At the same time, I'm kind of like I'm hoping they don't because we, you know, this little town has seen so much. Maybe we can base things in a different um, different city. Now, the Duffer Brothers and the producers have said that this season, uh, for season four, will look completely different from anything we've seen before. It will feel and look different. So I'm really excited for what that really means. Hopefully it's done in a concise uh, and a way that uh, serves all of the characters in the storyline well. All right. Uh, will Dr. Owens return or was the season finale three cameo it for his character? I think he's going to return in some uh, shape, fashion, form again, especially maybe bridging together. Um, you know, I, I think that them going outside with some of the characters and some of the characters staying back, I think it's good because it always kind of like leads a bridge between uh, the two cities or the two places wherever they are. Um, and you know, of course we got the first title, but I'm not going to talk about that until, um, until I've broken down everything, I think, as far as what the title actually means, but I'm pretty sure a lot of you have already heard the title at this point because the title was just announced, I think, uh, yesterday or day before late last night, sometime, you know, it's been fuzzy the last couple of days. Schedule has been off the, yeah, it's been crazy. Anyway, so will Eleven get her powers back? This is one of the bigger questions that I have so far. Will Eleven get her powers back? I and why did she lose her powers? That's that's another question in of itself. I I, I don't know why, but it, it kind of it's gonna you know neuter the story a little bit if we don't get her having her signature powers. That basically the show was wrapped around so I'm, I'm figuring at some point she will get her powers uh back whether it's a little too late maybe some characters die i don't know but i think she will get her powers back okay so here's here's the next question will we ever see Susie again she was one of my favorite characters outside of um oh, what's her name oh 
I'm forgetting her name. Oh, everybody's going to kill me. <laughs> what is her name? Anyway, I'll come back to that. But, you know, will we see Susie again? And um, she was she was paired with uh, Steve. If anybody can remember offhand, shoot me a, uh, a message so I can kind of like see it right now. But will we ever see Susie again? You know, I, I loved her character. And I think, you know, if they're doing like a fast forward. But but here's the thing. She's in Utah and they're in they're in Indiana. And some of them were probably going to be, you know, further away somewhere else, maybe Chicago, somewhere else. I don't know. So that's a that's a that's a long way from uh, from where they are and their storyline. So uh, I feel sorry for Dustin, but I don't know if we will. And but but do we really need her in the story? But we are getting, as we've heard, four new characters. I think it was four new characters. Um, most of them kids. So I don't know. Maybe she will be into the storyline because people loved her storyline uh, so well. You know, so much as short as it was in one of the you know last episodes. So who knows? We very well. May, but you know I'm all for it because a never-ending story uh, duet is never a bad thing in my opinion. Okay, so we're gonna talk about um, will. Here's 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 a question, and I'm kind of like kind of like going in circles with some of these. Will Max's stepdad and mom have a bigger role in season four? And I'm always looking forward to characters who uh, continue to grow, get better. Like Steve Harrington was, was a throwaway character. Um, it's kind of like a uh, you know not so good guy. And then at the end of season one, he you know he skyrocketed into a different stratosphere. And um, puns all over the place here. But he just he just you know he worked out so well. So I'm thinking her parents will probably because especially with. Uh, Billy's death uh, at the end of uh, season three. I think her um, parents will play a bigger role. Now, whether it's good or bad, because I can see her dad definitely playing a uh, bad role, blaming people, going after certain people. I don't know, but he is not a good guy. I can definitely tell um, he has some issues because he was even uh, bullying and uh, slightly beating up and abusing on Billy, which is probably part of the reason why Billy is and was the way he was. So we'll see if her parents will have some sort of uh, of uh, bigger role. I hope they do because the parents they really need to be uh, involved. Just like I said with the uh, first question, you know, will the other parents learn of the upside down and the craziness? And if they do, what will what will their reaction? be and how will their characters uh, develop or devolve depending on the information that uh, that they have so here's the thing okay so will Billy's or what effect will Billy's death have on Max and how will he be remembered by all and you know Billy he wasn't a good guy but he wasn't evil per se. He was just, you know, just a, a bully and just not a good guy in the sense of the word. Now, I hope he's remembered as a good guy because he did save Eleven and he did save 
the rest of the characters by sacrificing himself. So ultimately, he did the right thing in the right moment, and he ultimately sacrificed himself. So I think he will be remembered in a way that is well. And this is another reason why I say uh, Max's parents, along with Max, necessarily can be introduced more into the storyline because of course they're going to have to have some kind of uh funeral and you know i I don't know maybe or maybe he was explained just like uh jim hopper was explained uh he died in the fire maybe that will be but i don't know his his parents may want to dig deeper you know not really understanding or not having a body and then, you know, an autopsy and just so many, just so many other different things, you know, that can go along with that. I'm pretty sure they won't dive deep into that, you know, knowing that we only have eight episodes. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they won't spend too much time on those uh, sidebar uh, storylines. Okay, so, you know, who are the new characters that will join the show as was announced? I'm trying to figure out who the uh, who the new characters will be, what their roles will be, will they be new characters? Will the other ones slowly but surely start to fade away, or will some of them die and the new characters uh, be introduced in? And is this is this now? Listen to this: Is this a way for Stranger Things to continue, right, by bringing in younger characters? And ultimately killing off some of the older characters as they get older. And maybe we can perpetually have the show continue to go on and on through the years and through the decades. And maybe is that like a continual battle between uh, between these kids? And maybe they maybe it takes place in, in, in different places. This is something that's, that's like occurring to me right now as I'm speaking. So I have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's just like maybe this is something, you know, we got these four new characters. Because remember, at the very beginning, we had, you know, initially we had the, the, the basic, the, the four... Um, was it four boys? Um, it was uh, Lucas, uh, Dustin, uh, Will, uh, Michael. We had those uh, main four characters. They were the main four characters. Of course, Levin came, you know, and then Nancy and Jonathan. They all, but they were, you know, they weren't the main core characters. So we have four new characters as far as what they have said so far. So are they going to continue to perpetual, um, perpetually uh, perpetuate this? into the future like at the end of the 80s and then new kids continue to take over in different cities and different places and at different threats in different ways and is this going to be a continual battle battle and will they be like this huge uh, mythology behind it like certain other shows like like mortar rings or something like that will there be like this huge building of it and i think this is something that could work if it's kept fresh if the new ideas and if the nostalgia is done in a way that is uh, that is uh, digestible to those who are taking it in on a maybe a weekly basis. I don't know. It's something to think about. But I would love to see this show go into uh, 10, 12 seasons, maybe with uh, with new characters. And, and unfortunately, we're probably not going to love all of these characters the way we love these characters because these were, you know, they were the genesis of the characters. You know, it was just like they, they were the beginning and they're always going to be the, the favorites. But we'll see how all of that 
plays out and you know if that even has any merit whatsoever don't think it does but it's just something i just thought of off the top of my head and i just kind of like ran with it okay so what actually happened to uh the other numbers one through seven and nine and ten i don't remember exactly if something happened they said something happened to nine and ten or they got killed or whatnot but of course kali is number uh number eight but what happened to the numbers one through seven are they still out there are they you know are they going to be some of those kids the 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 new ones that are going to be introduced some of the four that are going to be introduced you know i you know they very well maybe you know, are they going to add to the story? I sure hope they do. And I think this is going to be something that's really, uh, really going to uh, be, uh, be something that can be taken well, something that can be played with and can really continue the the entire story and mythology in a way that doesn't feel old and continues to feel fresh from uh, season to season. So, I think this is something that's going to be uh, that's really going to be um, tangible, something that we can really hold on to. Okay, so my last question that I have is how big of a role will Erica play in uh, season four? How big of a role will she actually play? You know, I think that she's going to play a bigger role, especially uh on what she has uh, seen thus far. Now, keep in mind, Murray and all the other uh, characters, they were very limited to what they saw with the monster. They did see certain things, but they were very limited to, you know, to what they saw. Now, now they believe, there's no, there's no doubt about that, but they were very limited to uh, seeing the mind flare and things like, like that. Even when they were in the mall, it was usually after the fact or slightly before, or slightly after. They didn't get the full effect of the, uh, of the monster and Erica, she, uh, she will, uh, she will play a big role because her and Murray definitely had some, uh, orange, uh, orange screen, uh, chemistry working together as, uh, actor and actress. So I, I think they will play well off of each other, just like Dustin and Steve, uh, do what, you know, like that, that, uh, ultimate, um, classic iconic scene where they're walking down the railroad tracks and he's got meat and he's got the um he's got the bat behind him that was one of the best things i had seen on uh stranger things because that imagery it just played so well and i think that this uh large bald uh white guy and this this little uh short mouthy um uh, black girl they could play uh, off of each other so well and she has just had such sassiness behind her and he's just so sarcastic i think they could play well off of each other i mean when she calls him a bald bastard i mean that's one of the best things i i've heard i've laughed so hard i even laugh uh to this very moment when i when i uh when i hear that but uh you guys let me know if you have any questions and let me know if there's something that you want uh, me to talk about to cover until we get right back into uh, Stranger Things. We're, I'm going to be covering them. Um, I know I promised a long time ago. It seems like a long time ago. It's only been like uh, a month and a half at this point. But I know I mentioned we we're going to cover uh, seasons one and two. But I think because uh, 
I was going to cover it on an episode by episode basis. And then I, and then I said, we're going to cover two episodes at a time. And then I started thinking about it. Well, is this really going to work the way I want it to work? And I'm just sitting back and I'm just thinking about it. I said, I don't know if it's, if it's going to work necessarily, uh, in, in that way. So I think what I'm going to do is the way I'm going to cover uh, seasons one and, uh, and two is I will cover them as a whole. We're going to basically bring out some of the uh, best episodes, some of the, um, well, there's really no bad episodes, but some of the episodes that are less liked, like, say, episode seven in season two episodes like that, episodes that maybe don't bridge things together uh, very well. But I think we'll have a, um, I think we'll have a, a really good go of it um, um, covering seasons one and two. And I'm going to cover them in a, in a different, in a different manner. So I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, shorter uh, than usual episode. Uh, it's just me. Uh, Chloe is not back yet. Um, unfortunately, I don't think she'll be back probably until we cover uh, season four again. I'm just gonna work on those studies. So, you know, but uh, I'll try to pull her in every once in a while. Um, doing episodes here and there. Um, oh yeah, I'll also be covering um, uh, the Twilight Zone. Um, that's gonna be on a different uh, podcast. Um, I've been kind of like throwing out some feelers for some uh, just some kind of like some old time radio kind of um, episodes here and there. Just kind of like throwing it out and just seeing how how everybody responds to it. And so far the the response has been very, very favorable for those uh, episodes. So I'm working on an, another uh, podcast um, as we speak. So uh, the Twilight Zone, um, we're going to cover the original Twilight Zone, uh, all 156 episodes of that on a different uh, Twilight Zone podcast. And then we're going to go into, uh, particularly maybe on this podcast, we're going to cover uh, the new Twilight Zone, and then we're going to cover uh, a couple of maybe uh, TV shows and and uh, and movies um, directed and or produced by Steven Spielberg that may have influenced uh, Stranger Things. We're going to cover movies like Gremlins and uh, E.T., and this is going to be a whole host of uh, other things. So stay tuned for more things coming up. And like I said, I took a little bit of a hiatus to kind of like get my bearing on how I wanted to cover um, moving forward. Because like I said, I didn't want to cover uh, one and two too much because been, there's been so much covering of this with other podcasts and just so many people talking about it. And, it, you know, I just want to make sure that when we cover it, it's in a fresh, new, and a better way. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'm going to get out of here. Please make sure you guys subscribe, leave a, a full review. And I've got something coming up that when everybody leaves a uh, review, you get something for free. Send out to you something nostalgic something of a star wars nature something actually from 1980 something that i have that i will send to you out as a gift so stay tuned for that i'll see you guys next time this has been tony with the stranger things podcast